Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to go up to the northeast again, um, to Weardale, the Killop area up there. And up in the northeast of England, there are a number of small forests along the route between all of the sighting accounts that I'm about to tell you. You can walk between them quite easily, and it's a quick five-minute drive if you use the roads there. The area itself is beautiful, and it's not too far from the coast if you're passing that way. Weardale, as its name suggests, is a dale or a valley to the east side of the Pennines in County Durham. Known to the locals as Killope, after the mine that used to be in use there. Large parts of Weardale fall within the North Pennines area of outstanding natural beauty, and that's the second largest ANOB in England and Wales. The upper valley is surrounded by Eiffels and Heather Grouse Moors. The river way flows through Weardale before reaching Bishop Auckland and then Durham out to meet the sea at Sunderland. The most southern part of Weardale is close to Hamsterley Forest, which is the largest forest in County Durham. Why there are so many reports here is something I cannot answer. But the northeast as a whole, there's so many accounts now, I've lost count of them. The first account I'm about to tell you was sent into one of the British Facebook groups and passed on to me by a well-known researcher, and this is the area that we're talking about. A dark morning Bigfoot. 2018. Spring of 2018, I'm making this report on behalf of my husband, who travels most days along this stretch of road going to and from work as he drives a bus on the route. He's used to being in the area in all weathers and has on occasion seen a large black cat run out in front of him as he was driving, which to be fair is not that unusual up here now. Even the deer can run out into the road without any notice, so you have to keep your eyes on the side of the road when you're driving. The area is heavily wooded and it has ample wildlife and habitat to enable anything to hide out if it wanted to. It always enables them invisibility until they are right there in front of you in the road. This particular morning, it was around 8.40, so it was dark, your typical northern winter morning, Feb, March time. He was driving along the road as normal, keeping an eye out for deer or any other animal that would dash out in front of the car. We live quite close to this area and we both heard strange noises ourselves at night from something we cannot identify, to be honest. As my husband was making his way down the road, he was astonished to see what he would later describe to me when he got home as a Bigfoot-type preacher. He said he passed it driving quite quickly, so he couldn't give me any real in-depth details about facial, facial features or anything like that. When I pushed him for a description, he just said, It was a large, hairy, Bigfoot-type creature on the edge of the forest, and I saw it as it was picked out by the lights from the car. Didn't really know what to say, so we both just left it at that, and I looked for somewhere I could report this to. Less than a month later, my husband has had another sighting on the way to Killow this morning. He was driving the same route he drove last time, and as he got closer to Killow, quite close to the same place as the last time he saw the creature, This time the Bigfoot was further out from the trees 
and more towards the road, standing on a dirt track more in the open. Today was a bright sunny day, even though we still had snow on the ground, perfect spring weather. So my husband said it was stood out much closer than before and he got a much better look at it. He was just startled to see it. See it there again, not really doing anything to hide itself. It was just standing out in the open like that. Anyone passing also would see it surely. As he was explaining what happened, he said, it was bending down like it had maybe caught something in the grass. It looked like it was trying to pull something up to its face. My husband told the lad that sits in the front seat to look over to see what he thought it was, but he didn't know what to call it, but he could see it. So my husband said it was a Bigfoot, which the lad said he had heard about them before. As they were driving past it, the Bigfoot moved its head sideways to look directly at them, and my husband said its face had eight light features. He also said it looked to be over eight feet tall and was very broad across the shoulders and definitely wasn't human. It put whatever it had caught up to its mouth and started eating. When they got to their destination, there's another man who works there and he drives the other minibus that sets up in front of my husband. So my husband asked his guy if he'd seen the creature he'd just seen bent over at Killope and wondered if anyone else had reported seeing it. The man said he'd seen something like it, although he didn't know what it was and he'd never seen anything like it before. My husband told him he thought it was a Bigfoot and it was the second time that he'd seen one. The other driver said he'd seen one run in front of his minibus one night last summer, but he didn't know what it was, and he never said anything, as he didn't believe Bigfoot existed, and he didn't think anyone would believe him. My husband thinks that they might be using a route over the top of the fells from Hamsterley through Killow and over to Kilda Forest or down to Harwood. Now, as you can see from this screen grab, there are a number of sighting reports that run in a line um, and go off to the east and off to the west and obviously down south as well. So it's an area of lots and lots of sightings. Now, in 2014, a research team went in um, and it's the gentleman. He does have a YouTube channel and I'll add the link into his video at the bottom. But he says, myself and a small team decided to visit the old man mining land at Weardale on a research outing and a wild camp as there are a number of Bigfoot accounts around the area. We arrived at Killop about 4pm. I was interested to return here as the last time I was out here we heard a woman screaming loudly in the woods. We parked the car and went into the tree line and we were about halfway in and we came to a trail that had been blocked by falling trees. It was hard work moving them but we pushed on through the blockade and as we entered the thickest part of the wood, we heard a very loud, sharp wood knock. I didn't realise it at the time, but that was probably a, no- a warning knock. We pushed on as it was really hard going and we went further and further into a small gorge. As we tried to go through the only way in, we realised again the way was blocked and hidden by falling trees. At this point, we turned around and left. As we skirted the area, we heard another loud wood knock coming from the gorge side of the woods. We carried on up to the dam at the top and it started to rain, so we all headed back to the car to get our waterproofs on. We decided that we couldn't get into the gorge, we'd go for a walk around the perimeter. But as we got to the top of the hill, we heard the unmistakable sound of a few branches snapping and breaking. At the time, we just shrugged it off and put it down to animals and carried on walking around. 
it took us ages and nothing more happened. So we changed course and decided to go through the dense trees and try and get into the gorge that way. It was very creepy and everything looked exactly the same. It would be really easy to get turned around in there, but luckily I had my GPS on, otherwise I would have gotten us lost. We came out onto a path, walking back the way we tried earlier. I don't know why, but I shined my torch behind us quickly in a swooping motion, and I saw a dark, bigger shoot past. It moved very fast across the path. Again, we just put it down to animals. It was getting late, so we went back for the tent, and as we were getting hungry, so we wanted to get set up, and I was going to get the barbecue out and set up the tent and all the gear. It was at this point we heard a noise similar to the noise we heard before. So this time my mate shone his torch at the trees, and there, in the light, just standing there, was a dark figure that was about seven feet tall. It was half hiding behind the trees. He turned the light off for a second and then turned it back on. It had crouched down low behind the fence this time. He quickly turned the light up again and then on. And it had gone. There was nothing to see and no noise of it moving away. The figure was all black in colour and massive inside size. The lads with me were spooked and so was I. They wouldn't go back into the woods and I agreed with them. We sat down around the fire and all was quiet for a while. But then he started getting really creepy. The atmosphere changed completely and we heard a strange chinking noise and we realised something was tossing stones at us. One or two every now and again. We could hear them landing in camp. Then we heard footsteps coming towards us but they stopped when I shone the light in their direction. Nothing was there. This went on and off for a few hours over and over. So we finally decided we would have to get up and go and investigate what was throwing the stones at the camp. We looked with the torches. We looked in the tree line and the bushes. We couldn't find or see anything. The noises and activity didn't stop when we got up to look around. We could still hear the footsteps and more pebbles and small stones were being thrown. At one point, a stone hit me in the face. A few just missed my face a couple of times, but I couldn't see what was throwing them at me. We were spooked by all this. It felt like we were being pushed back to the area with parts and out of the forest by something we couldn't see. So without thinking about it, we went back to the car, at which point the footsteps started again, coming right up to us. We couldn't see what was making them. And then something started to shake the car violently. The back end of the car was being shaken up and down as if something we couldn't see had hold of it and it was hefting it up and down and pushing it from side to side. We couldn't do anything other than just look at each other. Then we look around trying to work out what what was happening. It was utter confusion, but nothing was there that we could see. When the shaking stopped, we'd all had enough and we jumped in the car and got the hell out of there. I will go back to the area at some point in the daytime, but not at night. It's not a place people should go alone at night. Now, I remember the night I took this report, and it was the day after the event. Back then, I didn't really understand that sometimes we really push the boundaries when we're out in the field. Now, I realise there were a fair number of warnings before the group were moved off. They pushed into an area clearly blocked off and hard to get into, attempting numerous times from different directions, regardless of all the warnings. Five years on, and the researchers only just made it back after a number of failed attempts. 
Each time he was met with a feeling of complete dread before he got hundreds of yards into the tree line, and that was in the daytime. I know now he has much more relaxed approach and listens to his gut. When he gets that feeling of get out happens, he's usually best not to ignore it. If you look at all your other counts here, the creature virtually ignored the humans until they pushed the boundary, or in the case of a certain paranormal team, went round the woods at night with lights and torches knocking on trees. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A possible Bigfoot creature, the creature of Low Shipley, 2017. We were contacted by a gentleman named Ross who reported a strange creature he'd seen in an area in Hamsterley Forest while high, ha, whilst out hiking up the trail there. Ross was happy for me to share his experience as he had at this point had no knowledge of the other encounters and he presumed he was the only person in the area to see one. He was hoping someone in the area might have witnessed the same creature. I always ask the witness to write out or record their account in their own words before I share the map or any details or any similar accounts to their own. So I don't influence them in any way. Ross said, I was walking in the woods up in the Black Banks area close to Low Shipley, very near Walshingham. I was out hiking and was just walking along as I usually do. And I saw something I could not really begin to describe. I thought it could maybe be one of those Bigfoot type creatures. I once watched a documentary about them years ago and this thing that I saw looked exactly the same. It was upright and all hair covered from head to its feet and it was all one colour. I am positive there's one lurking in the woods around Hamsterley Forest and I know people will not believe me, but what I saw looked like the Bigfoot that you would see on TV. The Hamsterley Hairy Wildman, 2008. Many years ago now, myself and two of my mates were camping at Hamsterley Forest, which is situated in the northeast of England. It's something we did often and with permission of the ranger. We camped in a field just a ways off from the ranger's up there. We'd set out our camp and got the beers out and we went about enjoying the day. We had a few beers and by 11pm we decided to go for a walk to get some air and clear our heads before bed. We all went off together and walked for no more than about 20 minutes when things started to get weird. We were spooked by the noise of branches being broken as we walked along the trail. And off to the side of us in the bushes, we could hear something moving along and the sound of breaking branches and limbs. To be honest, we all ran back to the tent. We zipped up and spent a very nervous night, but thankfully nothing else happened. Now, the next two nights were completely silent, thankfully, apart from one strange experience of something being rubbed on our tent from outside. While it was happening, we stayed in the tent and none of us would go out to investigate. We were also thinking about the branches snapping on the trail on the first night and wondering if this was the same animal. On the fourth night, we were all sleeping when, bang, something whacked our tent hard. And without thinking, as I was sound asleep, I jumped up on autopilot and went outside as fast as I could. I was a bit annoyed, to be honest, and ready to have a go at whoever was out there messing about. 
It was a moonlit night, so I could see about 20 yards all around me, quite clearly. And there, walking away from us, in front of me, was this huge, almost human figure. This thing was about seven or eight feet tall. And as it wasn't running away from us, but it was walking away from me at a natural pace, I could see it was wider and much taller than anyone or anything I'd ever seen in my life before. Thick and bulky across the shoulders and covered in hair. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Whatever it was, it was walking off from me and I could see it and it was a very dark brown, almost black silhouette. I went back into the tent quickly and my mates tried to ask me what I saw. But I was speechless for about 10 minutes and my mind was reeling. And all I could say was, we need to get out of here. They just ribbed me and tried to explain it away. So I just left it at that and kept quiet. We stayed in the tent until morning, which was not easy for me. And I was shaking with fear for what was left of the night. My mate said, it could just be a ranger, but I knew it wasn't. The next morning, we went to see the ranger on duty that day, and he said he'd not been back there, and he didn't know of anyone else who was camping, and no one else was on duty at night. That was one of the scariest nights of my life, and it took me over 10 years to go back into the woods again. And even now, after what I've seen, I'm reluctant to stay out overnight in the woods. Now, it was many years ago now when I took this report, and it took me a good 18 months to convince this gentleman he could trust me with his experience. I mean, all these years later, we're very good friends. But I often say getting his account was like pulling teeth. He was so reluctant to tell me anything. He would give me a short couple of sentences at a time. Luckily, over the years, we've chatted about that night so many times. I've been able to get a much better picture of the event on what happened over those four days. Now, in 2011, I received this sign from a lady named Kate C. And she's a founding member of a paranormal group in the north of England. And it was on chatting with her about what I do that she suddenly looked at me and said, ah, that might explain a few things. Then she proceeded to tell me this next encounter. In September 2011, the group were planning a four-night stay in the Weirdale Forest, commonly known as Killoak Woods, due to the nearby Killoak Mine. These areas are both classed as haunted, and many local tales tell of a screaming woman and tall, dark figures that haunt the woodlands there. So they set off with tech and equipment on a paranormal ghost hunt, which would last for a couple of nights. The usual setup was one person left at base camp and the other was to stay together in a group. On the first night, the group heard one single loud knock off to the west of them. So hoping for ghostly interaction, they asked the usual questions but received no more knocks or any unusual activity for the rest of the night. So they settled into bed. For about an hour, they heard a blood-freezing scream coming from deep in the woods. They all got up and had a look around but they didn't see anything unusual. The next night they went out and started the EVP session and again received nothing. So they decided to investigate the area where the knock had come from on the first night of the investigation. And after a bit of a walk they reached the area and they once again knocked on a nearby stump loudly. To their shock and delight they heard a reply up in the distance to the north of their position. They were all happy about this so they knocked again and received a knock to the south. This continued from all corners, each knock being answered by further knocking, coming closer and closer to them. It was at this point one gentleman pointed out they were being surrounded and really should move off. 
realising they were then encircled by knocking, coming from all around them and all sides, which got closer and closer as they huddled together in one group. Then they remembered there was one man back at base camp alone, so they hurried back to camp as quickly as they could. They were all terrified, and by 2am they were ready to leave. In agreement, they all started to pack up and get ready to leave. But the knocking didn't stop. They were plagued by it. The knocking was coming from around them in the trees. And at this point, the lead guy who was out in front turned white-faced and said he'd just seen a tall, wide, dark, hairy human shape walking up into the woods in front of the group. The knots continued as they packed up and left. I asked if I could speak to the team leader, but he was reluctant to share any details. He said only that what he saw resembled a man, but was far too large and much too quick, so it must have been a spirit of some kind. Since then, I've spoken to a number of paranormal groups and investigators who would share with me their experiences of dark running figures, shadow figures, using the trees to hide themselves, camps disturbed and tents smashed up and running feet close behind them in the dark, stones and pine cones being thrown from within the trees. One man on the Mendips had an entire log thrown at him from outside the firelight. Whistles and screams and howls and whoops all filed away as ghosts and spirits. Now, I know some rewilders and pagans who drum within the woods or hold ceremonies to be joined by something moving around outside the firelight of the camp or something scurry around in the bushes low to the ground. Many of them also report strange eye shine. Now, this area is very close to the Harwood Forest area and, of course, the Bollum Lake area where the first northeast reports came from with the Bollum Beast. Now, I have a number of new reports from Harwood area and I'll be bringing them to you in my next UK video. So please share this or give us a thumbs up. And if you fancy sharing your encounter or joining me to chat about Bigfoot here in the UK, let me know in the comments below. We're now looking for researchers in all areas of the country to check areas of sightings and chase up any reports in that area. And if you'd like to join BBR just for the chatter and the community spirit, you are more than welcome. Now, as the summer rolls around, we'll be organising meets for all abilities, regardless of experience around the country, in the hopes each of you will meet up with like-minded people in your area who have a shared interest and like to walk the woods, and you become, can become an official member of the BBR for a small donation, and we will send you an official membership dot. And of course, we have the team badges and everything. But it's more about the community. I think um, it would be nice if, you know, we could all meet up and have a chat. And we, when we had the Canuck, um meeting in March, it went really, really well. And I'd love to do more of that with people. So hopefully that will happen over the coming month. So, yeah, let me know. If you want to become a member of BBR, let me know. Um, email me at debbiehatswell at gmail.com or comment below and uh, we'll get that sorted out for you. So until next time, thank you all very much. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.